everyone wants more money, but most of us weren't taught how to create an abundant life. That's where the More Money Show comes in. If you're ready to have more money, create more freedom and experience more fun, turn the volume up. It's time to learn how to create the prosperity and life you have been dreaming of. Here's your host, Cassie Parks. Hello, and welcome to this episode. I am normally your host, Cassie Parks, and today I'm actually letting Adam and Vanessa Lambert of Be The Wellness interview me, turning the tables as part of their Year of Growth series interview. So this is something that if you've been listening, you know that we do. I give everybody a chance to just ask whatever you want, really. Um, So welcome back, Adam and Vanessa. Thanks for being here for having us. This is so exciting to turn the tables. Yeah. <laughs> I'm super excited because it's, it's even more fun. I think we said this in the last interview, but you guys have interviewed me before and mm-hmm. now I'm just, I'm excited because you get to interview me after having been through the program, which is fun. Yeah, absolutely. And for listeners out there who don't know where we interviewed you before, it was on our podcast at Be The Wellness. And it is a really different experience having interviewed you kind of you know, as inquisitors about your process and what you do and all of that good stuff. But now having been through the process, it's a whole different ballgame. So it's going to be really fun. Yeah. I love it. And if you guys want to check out Adam and Vanessa's podcast, it's, as she said, it's Be The Wellness and it's B-E-E, like honeybeethewellness.com. Yes. Awesome. So let's get to it. Or as Adam said, let's start the (laughs) cross-examination. So I want to start out by just asking you to kind of, you know, turn back the clock and tell us about the moment that you realized you had control over your abundance story. So maybe it was that total download of like, this is real. I actually have some say about how my life goes, or maybe it was, you know, um, like over the course of a few months or years, but what was that like aha moment when it just suddenly hit you that like, Oh wow, I really have a say in how this whole thing goes. Yeah. I love this question. And I was glad I got it a little bit early so I could really think about it today. Cause I think there's, there's two moments, you know, how often we like, things will come in pieces and then all of a sudden it's like all the pieces fit together. Mm -hmm. So I think there were two main pieces and one of them was I went to this event, which was literally about, um, it was all about passive income opportunities. And I think the biggest thing about, and it like, you could, you could buy all these programs and that, that was fine. But I think for me, the biggest takeaway was that is that there, I mean, it was three days I don't know, 12. So there's at least 40 different ways that people showed that you could create a passive income. Mm. And so I think for me, that really started opening the door like, okay, there are people out there who do this differently, who don't have a job. You know, I had read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I knew, you know, the difference in, you know, like having a business and making money and going to a job. But like, this was a whole new level of like, okay, it can be easier. Mm. And the second really big piece was um, I was doing what I started doing, which was this energetic work of shifting thoughts and beliefs. And I was, I traded with somebody else who was also trained and I was doing a session and we were at that point, I think meeting like every week in trading sessions or something. And this session, which it's kind of like this process is a little, it's, 
you don't choose your own adventure, but that's the best way to describe it is it's all of these options. And by muscle checking it, you get the path that you're taking to sort of heal or shift whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. And we started doing this session one day and it was the exact same session, literally that we had done the week before. And I think that was the moment where I was like, I can have control over this, but I have to stop trying to fix it. Mm. Mm, That's a huge distinction. Yeah. And so I think that's the moment I started creating it. And I was like, okay, you have control, but it's, it's this way that you have control. It's not the way that I thought it was. Mm. You have control through surrendering almost. Yeah. Through surrendering and choosing to write the story versus trying to edit your old story. Yeah, I think that's a uh, that's a really good way to put that because when you as soon as you go about trying to fix something, you're fundamentally like admitting that there's a problem with it. You know what I mean? Like this yes. is broken, right? Yeah, versus just writing a new one that's like, all right, blank slate. Not <laughs> 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 over here, you know, we're just moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was really the day I was like, okay, if I want to do this differently, I have to pull out that blank slate, that blank page and start writing my own story that isn't based on anything in my past or in, in opposition to anything in my past. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. I love that. I think that's so important for people to hear. And I, I think even all of the conversations that we've had and in even interviewing you, I've never heard it put that way from you. So it's, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. So I'm curious, what is, um, what's your actual process for creating your programs? Like, how do you, how do you go about doing that? Do you have sort of your own um, internal methodology for sort of the framework? I mean, I know being a writer, clearly you have, you know, outline sort of as, as part of a default setting somewhere, yeah. but is it, is it something that you really work through as a methodical process or is it just a download from the universe? It's something more along the, like the download from the universe type thing or inspiration. You know, when I wrote Manifest 10K, I outlined it literally a half an hour. I was, I was talking to a friend who was in a, she's in a network marketing company and she was just saying like, I don't know who to follow up with. Like, because people tell me it's the money, but is it really the money or is an excuse? And I'm like, it's 350 bucks. Like I could create a program where anyone could, and literally it just came out of my mouth. I'd never thought about it before. I'm like, I could create a program that teaches anyone how to manifest 350 bucks. Right. And I said, then you could give it to them for free. I wasn't even thinking about selling it. And that's also part of for me and my process, what I think is true inspiration is when it's just like this needs to be created versus trying to create something um, to sell or, or do or whatever. And I said, I can create that for you and then you can give it to them. And if they do it, like, you know, they're serious. And if they don't do it, you know, they were just giving you an excuse. Mm. And it was, yeah, it was really this, um, not a, it was just like an just a random conversation. And we got off the phone and I went and I just pulled out a notebook and I wrote down like 30 different exercises that I would have people do, which were all things that I had done and integrated different things that I'd done. And then, um, it sat for actually over six months or maybe exactly six months, um, until I quit my job. After I quit my job, then I was like, Oh, I need to pull that program out and I want to do it for myself. And then that's when I actually started writing it and, and deciding, okay, what did I want in it? And oh, I wanted these stories that amped up your belief every day and, and all this stuff and sort of writing it. And then, um, 
you know, the scripting workshop really came out of actually writing my second book, um, my second, it was actually my third book, but my second book on real estate. I was, um, I had written the first one over like six weeks or whatever. I'd done this program. And then my publisher was doing this event for the first time to write a book in three days. And I was like, I had got this inspiration, like, oh, you need to write a book about real estate investing. And I, I asked her, I said, can I like tag along and, and do it in three days with you? And she goes, sure, that would be fun. I want more case studies. And so I did it. And what I learned, what was amazing about that and sort of how I learned about the scripting workshop to create that is that once I wrote that book, you know, I had just quit my job. So I didn't have an income. I hadn't established my um, business income, my self-employed income. So I didn't think I was going to be able to buy and sell any properties for a while. I had like come to that conclusion when I left my job, like, okay. Um, and yet after I wrote that book about six weeks later, I was under contract to buy and sell. I can't remember if it was three or four different properties. Mm. And because things just worked out. Like it was like, oh, like, Somebody will loan me this money. Oh, okay, cool. I have this much and I can make it in it. And when I realized that, I was like, that's the three days worth of energy that I put into that book. Mm, and I, I, yeah. And so I had been scripting as I wrote Manifest 10K. And then I was like, what if you put these together in this period of, you know, this intense three days, what magic would that create? And so that's how I created it. Wow. So out of curiosity, did you yeah. using the um, the manifest $350 tool. <laughs> um, she, she, she does share it with her friends with, with people now. Um, it was, it was further removed. She did use it now. And what, but what was most interesting about that is that the first round of money, 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 when I did it, when I divided out the total manifested based on what I got paid, cause it used to be pay after you manifest, um, by the number of people that took it, it almost came out to, it was like, $347 a person on average. Um, obviously some people were a lot more. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I was like, yeah. wow. <laughs> wow. That is a trip. So yeah, I think this is actually, I just want to hover on one point that you made there, which is that you create from a place of inspiration instead of a place of like searching for what you think will sell essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that's so important because I actually really, you know, we've struggled with that over the years in our own businesses, you know, you, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, and a lot of the, you know, the information out there is, you know, test and retest, see if this product works, see if that product works, don't do anything until you know you have a market for it. And so there's kind of this conflicting sense of, well, I feel in my heart, this is my message and this is something I want to create versus, you know, the technical side of it or the more, you know, form formal side of it where people will sort of discourage you from that. So I really think that that's an important distinction for people to hear is that it's okay to create from that place of divine inspiration. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. There's an interesting thing I think that happens with the, uh, with business. And I think, because there's there's people out there who are their their soul's purpose or their their passion or the thing that they bring to this world is fundamentally being a business person, mm -hmm. and I think so that for them they're like no I'm a business person. I'm doing what this is what I want to do like this is the thing and so then going out and testing all of these different products or services or whatever it is that that's them expressing what it is that they want you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Come from this, this other piece of it, you know, it, it's where 
you have this gift, you know, you have something in you that you want to get out and trying to negotiate, you know, what that looks like based on what somebody's going to buy is a, is a tricky story. You know? Yeah. So on our last podcast, we were talking about how the work works, but it depends on how open the student is to the information and coaching and and what we mean by that, or what I think you meant by that when you said it, is that, you know, it, you, you hear this in a lot of different programs. Like, if you do the work, it works, essentially, right? right. But there is that sense of, do you actually surrender to the process, and do you really engage with the work, or do you just go through it without engagement? So I'd love for you to just expand on that and, and help people understand the difference. Oh, yeah. Um. So there's, you, I think you can do the work without doing the work, which you kind of alluded to, right? You can do the assignments, you can post them sometimes, you know, but one of the ways that I think actually doing the work, a difference between just doing it and really doing it is, is posting them and, and being um, real with them because that's, that's vulnerable. Like posting them means I can come back and I can do coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think both of you experienced that. It was like, this is what I did. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's look at it this way or let's do this. Right. And so there's, um, that's part of doing the work is being open to getting like, not just doing the work, but getting the coaching. I think one of the biggest things pe- people get hung up on is they try and go into coaching and be perfect. Mm-hmm. And you can't be perfect if you're getting coaching because you wouldn't need that coaching if you were perfect at that thing. Right. <laughs> you know, and get a hundred percent on their assignment and not, and what you're saying is that actually you want to just do it so that you can be corrected, so to speak. Yeah. You want to, you want to get like, I don't know, maybe a 50 or 60 so that we can then explore what actually gets you to a hundred for you. Right. Because I think the common mistake that people have, and, and maybe it happens in other programs, I don't know, but is that there's like this right answer and with coaching, there's just the right answer for you. Like, and it's different for every individual across the table. It's we're looking for your right answer, the the one that's for you. And so there is no like perfect answer guide. You know, it doesn't go A, B, B, D, E, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's we're looking for what's right for you and what grows you and what opens up to what you really want. And so I think being open. And if I could give one piece of advice to people getting coaching, it would really be to drop the need to be perfect and to Mm. actually want to be not, to actually want to get coached, to see when your coach has feedback, that that's awesome because that's, that's where the growth happens. Oh, I love that. Yeah. As a recovering perfectionist, (laughs) I totally get that. And like, it's hard, right? Because yeah. you, want to do you, you don't, you feel like for some reason that the coaching is like, a, like you did it wrong or something, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. no, that means you're doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you get but, feedback, it absolutely means you're doing it right. I love that. So this next question kind of probably dovetails into the, the answer in the last one, but what is the single most important thing that someone could get to start the cascade of change in their story, in their abundance story? Mm. I think the single most important, like that they could get in their head is that they don't have to, you get to start where you are. Like your new story starts today. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday or 
you know, a week ago, it doesn't matter if you have a hundred million dollars in the bank or it's a negative a hundred, like your new story starts in this moment. And if you just decide what the story is you want to start telling and you start telling that and leave, leave the explanations. Like it doesn't matter how it got. It doesn't matter if your grandfather told you whatever, when you were five, like sometimes that's cool to understand where that thought come comes from. But the most important thing is that that actually doesn't matter in going forward. You get to choose. Excellent. (laughs) You know, because it really is, it's, it's where, well, I mean, it's certainly a large part of where I find myself stuck, you know, is in, is up. and it's like, you know, it's so easy to look back for reasons why something isn't going to work or reasons why they are that we're, you know, they are the way they are. And obviously, you know, history is a great teacher, but you just can't get stuck there. So I love it. Mm, me too. It's, it's almost like I want to even for me, something that's been beneficial is even taking it one step further and actually almost seeing all of that stuff as a blessing too. Like it it taught you so many great things, but the lesson, you know, you've got it, you got the lesson, you got the, the understanding from it. Now it's time to move forward with the new lesson. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's it, right? It's like, I got that. Okay, cool. I know that now, like now I get to move forward is that's such an important key too. Mm, Totally. Um, so after all the years of coaching and helping people establish all the different habits, what are, what's the one thing that you yourself do every single day to keep your mind, your abundant mindset? Mm, I love this question. And I, I thought about it because the, the immediate answer is scripting. Like I script almost every day or I do some sort of stepping into my future self every day. Mm-hmm. And yet like the, it's, it's only half the answer because the other things have sort of become ingrained. Like the habits, you mentioned habits, like the things that I do for abundance that I teach people have just become, they're not, I don't consciously do them anymore. I don't say like, I'm going to do this because I want an abundance mindset. I just created the habit of getting excited about all money that comes in about, you know, just seeing everything as evidence, like all of those things have become such a habit that it's almost not fair to say like, Oh, I just script. Cause that's not what it is. What, because all of those things also come into play. They're just not things I think about anymore. Yeah, I totally get that. So I'm curious too, just to kind of follow up on that. Do you use music as um, an activation tool for you? Yeah, I do. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I think that some of my clients use it more, which is sort of what the program is, is designed is to help you figure out what feels best and what's your most activation tool. Mm -hmm. Um, the one that I go back to that's like, um, that comes out of manifest 10 K is like (laughs) watching like one of my favorite, like dates, watching one of my favorite shows in the middle of the day for 15 Mm -hmm. or 20 minutes. Yeah. So I would say like some people still use their manifest 10 K play. Like I will use that and I'll go back. I know those certain songs that feel like freedom to me and I'll go find those, but more I'll be more prone to like, if I just need that quick switch, I'll remind Mm -hmm. myself, like you can take a 15 minute break and like watch something that makes you laugh. Like you can watch friends or the office or whatever, because that feels really abundant to me. And that was part of my original, you know, feeling like freedom list was that was on it was to just stop in the middle of the day and watch TV for 20 minutes. Mm, I love it. Yeah. It's such a good one because it it is like, especially if you come from like, I I mean, well, I guess almost any work environment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
new, you know, the new tech firms and stuff have kind of nailed some of this stuff with their little nap pods and things like that. But yeah. when you come from sort of the daily grind where, where time, your time is being monitored fundamentally, you know, yeah. the output of what's going on, it can be, it, it can be an interesting habit to break, right? Once you yeah. have to think about that what a massive freedom. And I, I think, I know for me personally, the, the feeling of freedom 100% equals abundance. It's like, I, I get to do what I want. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like it. Yeah. I love it. And it could be like, go outside for a walk, but just reminding myself like, Oh, you created this freedom. Like use it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause isn't it funny how we'll create the freedom, but then still keep ourselves in jail. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's where I was when I did manifest 10 K for the second, I did it as I wrote it the first time. And when I switched it to manifest 10 K, I did it a second time. And I, that's what made me look at that. I was like, you're still behaving. Like you didn't create this freedom choice. Like you're still chaining yourself to this desk when you don't have to like Ooh. go enjoy what you created. Yeah. 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 One yeah. thing to realize about your, just sort of tendencies, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so busy. I just got to do this. Like, oh, man, you got four yeah. things to do today. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. how can people get started today? Like right now, today, changing their abundance story. What's something that, they, you know, someone's listening to this and it, they could activate this thing right now? Ooh, I love this. Decide who you want to be when it comes to money like make a decision. Like I'm good with money. I have more than enough money. I like money always works out for me. Like whatever it is, just make a decision about one thing about who you want to be when it comes to money and that relationship with money and that experience of money. Just because you'd be amazed at what making that decision, like what all that shifts and opens up in your life. And so if there's one place to start, it's just decide this is who I want to be when it comes to money. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like an identity-based shift, right? Yes. Because you know, so many people are like, oh, man, I, the holidays are always so stressful because I'm bad with money. You know what I mean? Or I didn't yeah. save money or I did, you know, this, that, or the other thing. And that, it, I bet that that internal mantra goes on, like, on loop for a lot of people. You know, I mean, I know I've certainly gone through bouts of that. And it's like, you know, if you could just shift that to I'm – good with money and the holidays are awesome because I always have enough to buy my pet, you know, buy everybody presents or whatever. It is, you know? That's a significant change in, in your overall outlook. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And if you can stop that, like you mentioned, it is a loop like that just plays. And so once you can decide like, no, I want to create this different. I want to be this different person. It starts to at least stop the loop. Even if you don't get the new one created yet, it's, it stops that old loop. Cause you're like, no, like that's not the song I'm listening to anymore. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, Cassie, if, um, you know, obviously this is your line of work and this is also your passion personally for you is the goal to reach a point where you feel completely content with what you've created in terms of your abundance, or do you think you'll always be striving to create more abundance and like to just keep creating more and more? I think, um, I have a two part answer. Like I was, I was content 
when I, when I left my job and I had my freedom, like my financial freedom, you know, I had enough passive income to pay my bills, um, which wasn't like living like a millionaire, mm-hmm. um, which is also one of my favorite things because I think that contentness that you're talking about is what creates more and it opens us up for more. And so I was content like to just have that freedom and to live, you know, it wasn't a lot. I actually, the year, the year that I quit my job, I think I lived off of like $22,000 and I didn't even notice it. Like it, it wasn't like, I wasn't trying to do that. I looked back one day, like just an inspiration hit. And I was like, huh, I wonder like what I did, like, you know, spend last year. And so I added everything up and I'm like, is that, I like added up like three times. Cause I'm like, I lived an amazing life. And I'm like, that can't be true. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like, yeah, I was, I was like, how did that happen? But I think for me, that was like this amazing moment of, I, I can all, I can, I am content. I think in every space that I am and I create more because it's fun and because it's become this game. And to me, it, it feels a little more just like opening up than striving. Now I think it used to feel like striving. And now that I've had this place where I had, you know, created my freedom and I'm building off of that, it feels like what else is possible? Like, it's really a game now. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is cool. Like who can I grow into now? And how can I, how can I, make more money or how can I, how can it be easier? That was actually what this year was a lot about was stepping back in my business and doing less Mm -hmm. and doing more. Mm. Yeah. Great idea. (laughs) (laughs) There is a real tendency to, to kin. I think, especially once we kind of hit all of Maslow's hierarchy, right. And like we're, we've got a roof over our heads and we're taken care of and we're not worried about where the next meal is coming from. It's really, I think a lot of people end up sort of looking for a benchmark for what it means to continue to be successful. And often that ends up looking like increasing the bottom line every year, which, you know, there's nothing, nothing necessarily wrong with that. But what if you did it every other year? You know, it's like this year I'm going to increase the bottom line. Next year I'm going to maintain that bottom line, but make it easier. You know, <laughs> yes. what a great like way to go through that. Absolutely. And I actually never like thought of putting it in that every other year term, but I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think we are in a society that's like, go, 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 strive, strive, strive. You push, push, push. Right. And so yeah. like actually delineating and making space for the being in the, of what you've created is like such a beautiful way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody I, told us once that like getting rich it makes things more fun, but only for about three months. <laughs> and I know like being someone who used to be on sort of a progressive pay ladder, right? Where it's like every, every couple of years you get a, a incentive and an increase. And then, you know, you're, it just comes sort of in marginal, small little steps. And you look back over the last 10 years or whatever, and you're like, Oh wow, look at that. I make, you know, $40,000 a year more than I used to, but it sure doesn't seem like it. <laughs> it's like, so I feel like I have all the exact same issues that I did then, you know? And so when you have those sort of incremental increases, I think sometimes it's easy to forget that it's, that it's working. Like all the things that you wanted are coming along to be able to take that and pause and say, okay, I'm good with this amount of money. I'm going to take this exact amount of money, but I'm going to do it better or <laughs> more fun, you know, make it, make it easier and more space. Yeah, I like that. I think we should do that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Keep me taking next year off. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I'm trying to actually put my finger on, there's a question in here around this sort of content feeling. And I'm thinking about times in my life where I've, I've been motivated to make more money because there's a thing that I want to create, whether it's a trip or, um, you know, a experience or a, a article of clothing or whatever it is, a lot of my motivation and sort of um, drive to strive for something is tied into like what it will create. But I think that oftentimes you can get like Adam saying in a loop with that where like, okay, now you make $40,000 more a year and you don't even notice it because you'd already kind of spent it mentally mm-hmm. before it came. So, and, and so this, I guess my question is, you know, you encourage to delineate what is that money for? Why do you want to create it? What's it going to be for? But what is that fine line between like sort of always spending it before you have it and being content with what you have? Does that make sense? Mm, Yeah, I love it. Um, And I love that you brought up like this is part of the process. And the reason, uh, one of the main reasons I have people do that, A, is we use that information as we go forward. But um, B, it's because often people are like, I want more money. I want more money. I want more money. But they don't stop to see, okay, well, what is that more money for? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and, and so that does a couple things is sometimes they don't see like uh, often when people start this process and they, so there's a couple different things that happen when people start getting clear about what, what do they want the money for? Right. Um, versus just, I want more money. Um, because that's like a ne- that's part of the never ending pit too, is like, okay, I need more money. I want more money. But when we never say what it's for, we, like, we don't know when we got there a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that happens is people's often realize like, oh, I already have everything I need and I can be happy in this moment, but I would like this. This would be fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or they realize like, oh, I've been wanting these things because of X, Y, Z, because I thought they would bring me this, or I thought I would get there. And so they realize like, that's not really what I want. What I want, you know, they might be thinking like, oh, I want this bigger house, blah, blah, blah. But then they're like, oh no, what I really want is like a trip to be with my, my partner, my husband or my wife and, and just enjoy them. But I'm thinking that if I get this bigger house, you know, we'll, we'll somehow enjoy life more. Mm. Um, and then, um, I forgot what the, the third one is. I had it when I started, but, um, (laughs) it's just like, that's really where we start to understand why do we want money? And it's partly understanding sort of our past story and what it is. And, and sometimes it's just, it's the things oftentimes like money does kind of lose that, that fun because we just think we need more and more. But part of identifying what we want is like it opens that channel to what is going to get us excited about money again? What is going to get us, you know, what is going to activate that happy? What's that new place that we haven't been in a while in terms of money, or maybe sometimes it's ever, but a lot of times it's in a while. It's like, Oh, at one point in my life, I was really happy because I could invest money in X, Y, Z, but that sort of lost its luster because it's, it's not fun anymore, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, um, I do it because it helps us see what's, what else is going on. Um, and so the second part of your question was like, how do we, def- what's the difference? How do we define that, but also be content, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, and so part of that is that second step with that feeling. So often we want money because we think it's going to get us X, Y, Z. Right. And if we can go get whatever that, if, you know, if X, Y, Z is going to help us feel more excited about life, if we can find ways to activate excitement about life in other ways, that money that adds to that contentness, right? Then the money isn't, it's fun and it's awesome when it shows up, but it's not necessary. We don't have to keep striving. We can be content in this moment until money shows up. Oh, so yeah. true. I think, you know, money, like this, this money discovery and really looking at creating abundance and going through this process, I think is honestly one of the most spiritual paths that someone could take. And I think that people wouldn't really recognize that because they think like, oh yeah, it's so spiritual. You're trying to be rich. <laughs> right? But what it's, what it brings out for you is really what's there for you in your soul, whether you actually love your life, whether you really love yourself, what the self-talk is about. Like it's a really spiritual path to walk and it's almost like money is just the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. It's a common language, right? So that, cause everybody has some feeling about money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it's used for. When you, you know, if you start talking about the more esoteric things like, well, make sure you're vibrating at the appropriate level and your energy is this. And people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. You money. You want more money? They're like, oh, yes. yeah, actually, I, I got 10 things that I would do with more money. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love that you said that because it's so true. And so, and for me, it is like one of the most spiritual things you can do because it touches everything. It, it does touch who you are in your soul. It, it shows you if you're being authentic to that or you're trying to get something because you're trying to check those success boxes that somebody else put out for you. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, you know, it's just who you are and how are you creating your happiness and, and your self-worth? What do you believe you're worthy of having in your life? Like, are you worthy of attracting it and are you worthy of keeping it? And are you worthy, are you investing it in your happiness? Are you investing it in, in things that you think are going to be there? So I definitely, I love that you said that because it's, it is spiritual and it is soul work, I think. Yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. Another thing um, that you mentioned just reminded me of something I wanted to say earlier, which is that the, this idea of, of writing down, you know, what it is that you would use the money for. I know for me, going through the process was really good at helping me kind of highlight, um, with your encouragement and coaching, <laughs> highlight the things that it's, it's just what you said, some, some boxes to check that somebody were fundamentally somebody else's idea. Like, what does abundance look like for somebody else? And you're like, oh, well, let's see. I don't know. I mean, a jet would be cool, you know? And like, you, know, you just kind of go through all of these different things and I'm, I'm keeping the jet because it is cool. Right, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, well, I don't does that does that really inspire me? What about that is actually interesting? Is it just a you know a marker of success, or is it something that really fires me up? And I think that that is such a useful tool for that because if you're fundamentally trying to create to fulfill somebody else's hopes and dreams, then you know the odds of succeeding. Well, I don't know what the odds of succeeding how that changes it, but the odds of being like happy when you get there, <laughs> you know, are, are pretty low, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I, I, again, have this question that's kind of floating out here that I'm going to try to connect with, but, um, I wonder if you notice a pattern in terms of when people start to create more abundance, if you notice that they really start to realize that 
it becomes less about them and more about what they can give, if that makes sense. So less about actually what they can create in, in terms of the things they can buy and the things they can do. And if you start to notice after a while with your clients that it becomes more about what the, they can give with the abundance they have. Yeah. I would say it's about 50, 50, because a lot of my client it depends on who they are. And now I'm going to go after this call, I'm going to analyze it in terms of, of, uh, money stories too, like former money stories to see if I can see that pattern. But so sometimes often people will come in and that will be the main thing. Like I want to give all my, I want to create all this money to give it away. Mm-hmm. And which is cool, but that's t- sort of speaking in that spiritual space is, um, it's a little like there's, that's where we need to work on their worth mm-hmm. is that we can, I can have it and I can share it. It doesn't all have to be for someone else. It doesn't all have to be for me. And so that's sort of one evolution of the path. And I think another one is where they come in wanting all this stuff, which um, often comes from sort of that list in someone else's thing. Like Adam was just talking about like someone else's list and that they want that. And, and they evolve to either wanting the things that are like more experiences and being with their loved ones and time and being and or giving like a lot of times the giving does evolve but i would even say a lot of my clients come in and want to give in the beginning and i would say it's probably 50 50 like 50 50 it's i want to give it all like i just want to manifest money to give it all away and they have to find where they fit into that scenario. Mm -hmm. Like how do we create our life and give, but not be giving everything. And then the other part is coming in with sort of that list of things and then realizing, um, it's not about that. And it'll, it always happens at some point in the program and say always, but I almost always, I hear it from many people where it's like, oh, it's not about the list anymore. It's about how easy my life is, or it's about how much, how fun my life is. Like mm-hmm. it's become about these different things, um, which, you know, we all start generally thinking money is going to solve all the problems. Mm, totally. You know? And so that it makes sense. And then it's like, oh no, I don't need that to solve the, pro- I can, like I can solve the problem another way. And then money's going to naturally come in. Mm-hmm. Mm. I love it because, you know, I think there's so many coaches out there that you can probably get coaching around money and success and there's all these different models. But like what I really love about the way that you are approaching this stuff is that, yeah, money is just the tool, but what is it that, what's the experience of your life you want to have? Like what is the emotion and what is the feeling that you want to have about the way that you live your life? And I think that that's such a cool, important thing that people out there listening or considering, you know, if this coaching is right for them, it's like that to me is such a huge distinction of the way that you go about doing your work compared to anyone else that I've come across. Thank you. Yeah, it is like, yeah, it's, it's what's behind the money. And I always, um, I don't know why, but this story just popped into my head because people will so often put like that big, huge beach house on their vision board, which is not that that wouldn't be awesome. Right. But I think it's more like that, you know, that gigantic beach house goes on our vision board because of what we think the life looks like inside. A hundred percent because I have that beach house on my (laughs) And I'm throwing grad parties, so I know exactly 
what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and so it's like, we think, and I love that you know what you're doing. Cause I think a lot of people don't, they think like, Oh, that person has so much more time. Oh, that person isn't stressed. Oh, that person isn't this. Right. When often we don't know if that's true. Like that person who has that house could be working a hundred hours a week, totally not have a good relationship. And they might be like, have all those things or they might not, right. but it's, we want the house because we think it's going to get us like this awesome space and, and, you know, all these other things when we have that power to create that now, like, mm -hmm. which I know you, I love that. I love that you said it's rad parties. Cause I know you already throw rad parties. I so like, yes. you're already being all that person now. <laughs> They're just going to get even more rad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I think the gratitude piece, right? Like appreciating what already is, is so huge. And I think that was the huge change for me with your work was just you don't have to wait to be that person until you get the house. Like you have that, you make your house that now, you know, have parties here and create the space now and it will just keep expanding from there. So I just, it's so, it's just such important work for people because it's like at the end of the day, it's not about the money. Money is this tool, but it's really about like your life. This is your life people. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it is your life and it's so important. It's so important. Yeah, it's the only one you know you get for sure. Right. <laughs> I can't tell you for sure if it's the only one you get, but it's the only one you know you get for sure. <laughs> I don't remember that you got. Yeah. Like right. I may have lived a million of them, but I don't remember any of them. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Cassie. This was such a pleasure and a privilege to turn the tables and get to just pick your brain and go even deeper into the process. And obviously having such a deeper understanding of the impact of it now, it just makes it even more special. So thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for, for doing it and for asking the questions. I loved having you in the program and I love um, being interviewed by you. And I know this was super beneficial for everyone listening. So thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah, Anytime. <laughs> yeah. And if you guys love hearing Adam and Vanessa, cause they're so fun and, um, they're like, they're like this on their show. So make sure you check out their podcast as well as all the super cool talk about living your life and experiencing your life. Go to be the wellness, B E E the wellness.com and check them out and check out their podcast. Thank you for joining us on the more money show to learn how to attract more money into your life. Go to your favorite book retailer and order Cassie's book, Manifest $10,000.